Welcome to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Win 16 Podcast. Uh, as always, thank you for listening, and thanks to Carrie and the production team for all you do behind the scenes. Uh, we couldn't do without you. Today, Dr. Bud Pygon is uh, not with us, so that means we have a guest. So today's guest who I just met a couple months ago, and I feel like I have a new good friend out there in the good state of Texas, which since I worked in Texas for many years, I have a lot of wonderful friends out, but it, it just adds to our my list. So, And today I have the Tim Wright with us. Tim, welcome, man. Glad to have you today, buddy. Hey, Dave. It's an honor to be here. Win the 16. I'm a huge fan. I live it every day. And um, I can say the same about our relationship. It's felt like we've known each other for a long time, but I think the chemistry and what, you know, really is our constitution is what brought us together. So it's, it's a pleasure hey. to be here. Amen. And you and other guests, and I hate even saying guests because now we're friends. Um, yes. When you start mentioning win the 16, you're going to bring a tear to my eye. And I say that and I mean it. So thank you, my friend, really, Absolutely. truly. And it was great having you in Chicago a couple of weeks back. Uh, yes. some partnerships on different things and networking and connecting. And it was a lot of fun, man. And, and you are top notch and you're a great guy. I can't wait for you to share your background with everybody yes. and a lot of the different learnings that you're going to be sharing with us and some cool stories. There's no way my Southside Chicago buddies and mm -hmm. my inner circle would absolutely crush me if I didn't force you to get into some football stories. So <laughs> that will come up because they're going to kill me. They'd be like, wait a minute, you got a Super Bowl winner on the podcast and you didn't ask him anything about that? It was I'm all business? <laughs> so just so you know that we talked, it's coming, it's coming. Absolutely. So Tim, I'm going to let you give your background first. I'll just give you some top level stuff. Yes. Rutgers University out of the East Coast, Jersey, uh, played college ball there, went graduated from Rutgers, went on to play football, six years in the NFL, impressive, above the average. Um, Super Bowl winner with the Patriots. We'll dive into that a little bit because that's just so cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Won a Super Bowl with the Patriots in 2015. For all of you out there, that was the game where uh, I can't believe the best Carroll and Seattle threw the ball on the one-yard line. And I know Marshawn Lynch. Can't believe it either. Right. You guys can't see Timmy right now, but he's laughing his head off. They couldn't believe it either. Um, crazy, but they won that Super Bowl. And I'm so glad they did. At the time, I didn't know that you and I were going to become partners and friends. But I'm so yes. glad for your sake you got the ring, which is amazing. Kudos to you. And you were with Belichick and Thank Brady, you. and we'll get into that a little bit. We're also going to dive into many people struggle with this. And on a serious note, it's really impressive what you did. You started planning your career after sports in college, right, with your education. Kudos to you. But then as you were going in your journey, you were learning as you were going along. And now you're the co-founder and 
chief strategic officer at Dome Audio with this amazing technology, with some amazing tech engineers that you guys are working with, with the products going to be coming to market, you know, yes. probably less than a year, it looks like. Yes. And it's just, it's going to be interesting for people to hear not only some of the leadership things that you've learned and you follow and you believe in now, but your change from being that athlete out of this world, Super Bowl champion in transitioning to your professional business career. And many of us, we change careers. We do different things. I think we can learn from you. So Tim, yeah. why don't you share with everybody your background much more thorough than I did? They're going to love to hear it. So I'm going to turn it over to you, friend. Jump in. Hey, it's, it's an honor, Dave. Thank you so much, man. But you nailed it. And there were a lot of transition points in the top line that you just gave all of our listeners about my particular journey. But I think it's common amongst everyone. And it's this, through your upbringing, the things that you're exposed to, and a lot of times shapes your DNA and ultimately shapes your future and the different avenues that you go into. Um, it's very rarely that people are either inspired by, purpose-led, or just has this drive to do something that they may have not been exposed to at some point of, in their life. And so for me, I'm thankful for my family, my parents. I had all four grandparents growing up that lived houses away from each other, literally until I was 30 years old and God rest my grandmother's soul. Her birthday is today, October 13th. She died during COVID and it was like literally the first two months within COVID she passed away. But I say all of that to say that my aunts and uncles, my relatives, I was the only child for the most part of my life. And I remember very early on, I was positioned in a leadership role because my entire family poured into me and they positioned me in a place where I had a lot of responsibility, but it was responsibility that I was groomed to handle. Not one that was before my time or one that added a lot of stress on me, but just enough exposure to responsibility that it gave me just slight discomfort. And that slight discomfort is where I grew most. I mm. was first introduced into Pop One, and I never played football organized before that. But right in the very beginning, I was positioned to be a captain of the team. And I'm trying to learn what this game is in real time, as well as, hold on, coach, you want me to lead the guys behind me? <laughs> and I can just remember being the first in sprints, the first in, you know, all the hard workouts in the, in the summers and, and the hot heat that everyone was crying and giving up. And I just had to had to pull my team through. And that carried throughout high school. I uh, went to an all, you know, predominantly black high school and all the way up to my sophomore year of, of high school. And I then approached my parents because we had a a a coaching change and we had a coach going into my next year that was not there. It was a vacant spot. And I said, I want to go to college. 
I want to be able to earn a scholarship. And at that time, we didn't have social media. So the only thing that you could really connect with was what you saw and heard on TV. So I knew that I wanted to get a full ride to a university. And I approached my parents and I said, look, you know, we don't have a coach. My grades aren't where they where they were always were as an AB honor roll student. I want to transition and I want to transfer to a different school, which happened to be a town over, which was predominantly a white school. And I walked into that school. It was literally a handful of blacks amongst a thousand kids. Mm. And within the first few months, that first report card, I came home with AB honor roll. And a few months later, I ended up winning homecoming king. I'm fresh in this school. And on top of that, I was making an impact on the field as a captain and a leader and ranked amongst the state as one of the top players there. So it's always about exposure and positioning. And so I got the opportunity to earn over a dozen scholarships by my junior year of high school. And I chose to go to Rutgers University, and here's why. This is all going to tie together. I grew up in Neptune, and their high school name is Neptune Scarlet Flyers. When I approached my parents to switch schools, that school was named Wall Crimson Knights. And then here's the kicker of it all. I grew up on the street named Rutgers. So when you put all of that together, it spells Rutgers Scarlet Knights. It was no mistake that that was the school I was going to. And like you know, Dave, in the world of sports, in the world of business, in a world of developing and growing, you always face adversities. You hit obstacles, you face challenges and hurdles. And walking in as a freshman, I get told that I have to redshirt. I'm like, what is this? I've been a leader, a captain of all my teams for the past 12 years of playing sports. And now you're asking me to on game day be be on the sideline cheering. (laughs) But it it was an incredible exposure point for me once again, because I had to learn behind some of the great players that were performing on the field. And the things that I did six days throughout the week to prepare my teammates to shine on Saturday. I just didn't get to perform on Saturday, but I got to perform the other six days of the week. So that next season, I ended up winning a starting job as a wide receiver because of the preparation and how I basically internalized what what the responsibility was as a red shirt and not tucking my head between my legs and saying, I always was the star guy, and now I'm not even on the field on game day. But when that opportunity presented itself, I was ready to go. And so that then carried me throughout my career at Rutgers University and my sophomore year, which was my redshirt sophomore year. So this was my going into my third season. I ended up tearing my ACL. And immediately I was done for the year. And my entire team and and coaching staff knew that I was going to have a breakout season that year because I won most most improved offensive player. And I I had the mentality and the preparation to go out in the NCAA football rankings and dominate the sport. I tore my ACL and I said, how can I lead 
how can I transition in, into this new role that I really wasn't, it wasn't nowhere near my spirit, my mind on, hey, you might face a season ending injury. I, I, it was nowhere near me. I knew I was going out and I was going to explode and dominate. And when that happened, Dave, I always loved art growing up. I picked up a pair of clippers at the age of 13 and I started cutting hair. And I realized the impact that I had on my peers, on my relatives, on the younger generation. And it, it, it was so fulfilling for me because I used to love just cutting people's hair one time at a time and getting all of this information both given from me and received by the person's hair I was cutting. I learned a lot from every age, demographic, every spectrum, every individual that I was able to bless with a haircut. And in college, I cut my teammates, my coaches, the coaches' kids, students that went to Rutgers University that came from all different areas of the world. And it was so much that I learned. And so with all of that, Dave, having the opportunity to go into the NFL, I came in through the back door. I was an undrafted free agent. And the odds of that, and for all the listeners who's listening in, when you're an undrafted free agent, your shot of making it onto a team and then having a career is 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 as high as a the the highest mountain in the world. Every odd is stacked against you. But I relied on my upbringing. I relied on the lessons that I had, the leadership, what it takes to to motivate yourself and and persevere, and the integrity, and the shot that I had to come into the NFL. My position was switched from wide receiver to tight end. And I ended up beating six other guys in that tight end meeting room and amongst that group, making the team and then going out there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers my rookie season and breaking the franchise record for touchdowns, as well as tying the most catches caught by a rookie tight end in the last 10 years. And so, again, that's an example of what it takes to believe in yourself, to understand where you're positioned, and to not let signs of adversity or hurdles or, you know, per, you, know you know, just different obstacles that come in, in the mix of what you're trying, the, the course you have set for yourself, and how can you then persevere through that? And that's what I was able to do, Dave. So that's all that leads up to my to my uh, my debut with the New England Patriots. So I just wanted to bring it full speed. man. <laughs> well, you just created a podcast that I, you and I, I thought would go about 30 minutes. I've got <laughs> another 17 questions and comments. We'll be here. Uh, hang with us, everybody. We're going to be here for about 10 hours today with uh, yes. my, my guy, Timmy. A couple of things yeah. I want to bring out. Here's what we got to throw a shout out to our parents. You and I, we weren't raised with a lot of money. Okay. That's not how we were raised. You and I, though, were raised with something way more valuable with people that were around us, supporting us, that believed in academics. Yes. And they believed in athletics to keep you and I out out of trouble. That's right. And they threw us into all the different sports. And I love the story that you brought up again, throwing on the football field. And you did. I was laughing. I don't know if you noticed, I was smiling, laughing, because I was thinking, whoever you pushed on the football field, 
I think that was a smart move. So mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, smart yeah. move. That I think that one was pretty uh, pretty good. Thank you said you. something that Nick Wisher, who was a starting tight end for Notre Dame, real successful guy, he was on our podcast, I don't know, months ago, and he talked about, he said exactly what you said. Um, he wasn't the heralded guy. Uh, he won his spot in the summer mm. and pushing like you did. Same yes. thing. thought yes. that was cool. Um, two, you and I differ. I don't cut hair, nor am I letting you ever cut my hair. No. <laughs> okay. You ain't, you're not cutting my hair. Throwing hey, that out there right away. Yeah. Um, hey, Dave, once you get right, you can't go wrong, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I love the name, but Thank I'm not you. going down that street. Um, yes. You mentioned uh, two things I wanted to comment on, doing some homework. Mm-hmm. Undrafted free agents, I just want to clarify that for everybody out there to let them know how that's the unicorn in sports. 256 players are drafted every year. Um, if you get drafted, somebody in that organization really believed in you to pick you, right? Because there's a ton of people out there that didn't get picked. Uh, if I'm a GM or in that scouting department, there's just, if things are close, I'm taking the guy I drafted mm-hmm. for my reputation. Because if I found a guy in the fifth or sixth, seventh round, I'll get credit. Not that you don't get credit for the undrafted, but there's something about my drafting guys making it. So here was a stat in our, that came out in October of this year, 2023. Mm-hmm. Just over 70% of the NFL players are drafted. So mm-hmm. just over 29% are undrafted. So yes. you can do the math. The odds are against all of you that came up that route. That's Less right. than 30% are drafted uh, or undrafted, excuse me. So that yes. was pretty cool. Um, I want to get off the bean pad for a second and we'll jump back on because you said something. You talked about earning your earning hard work, doing the right things, uh, leadership when it was needed to be. In Chicago, we just had a wide receiver that wasn't exhibiting those. Claypool now who's gone into Miami. I know you'll never talk bad mouth. That's not the guy you are. As a fan, we sometimes get a little frustrated when it it appears some of these athletes are not giving it their all, right? Because a lot of us are ex-athletes, just not to that level, and we would kill to play. Now, I know the stress, the pressure, the work, uh, the sacrifices you all make with your bodies and basketball and baseball. I mean, doesn't it still drive you a little crazy, though, because now you're too old to play when you hear, um, and let's throw him out, just in general, where guys aren't giving it their all to be their best to play? Because mm-hmm. you killed to play. I mean, you and I were talking about last time we were together in person. You'd kill to be on the field again. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, Dave, I, I think, and, and this can translate into the business world, we see it a whole lot. There's certain situations where, let's be honest, the NFL, it's owned (laughs) by 32 teams, right? You have 32 different owners under a league in a system. And each team has an ownership that then trickles down. There's a hierarchy. There's there's GM, front office. There's coach, coaches, right? And then there's players. And when the alignment of the coaching staff and the players aren't 
in a healthy place. Sometimes you see the performance of mm -hmm. an actual athlete or the actual staff member within a business, they aren't performing from the last place that they came from, or they aren't performing at the level that you know they're capable of because chemistry has a lot to do with how someone wakes up every day and comes to the office or how someone wakes up every day and puts in that work without other elements coming into the picture. So when you see guys thriving or you see individuals thriving in business underneath a, you know, a company, they, they of course are not the owner, but they're a staff member, they're an employee of, of a company. When the chemistry is aligned and when individuals feel like they can be themselves, oftentimes you get the best out of that individual. So I wasn't following that specific case. I don't know that. I don't know what, what went on, but I could tell you those are symptoms of what I see being in the business world, as well as, you know, me having to go out there and having great chemistry and great alignment with the teams that I played for, and I was able to give it my best. So in other words, when someone is unhappy, their performance usually shows it as well. When yeah. someone is very happy, their performance shows it as well. So I just want to you know, throw that out there. Yeah. You're so right. You're, I, I've got, I'm thinking about a client right now where some of the people's energy isn't there and, and some of the, some of the complaints lack of yes. are fair, but it's overtaking them. So now it, what it leads me to believe is what I really want to ask is this, I'm going to, when we're in person is, do you enjoy what you do knowing most jobs have downsides. And I always stick up for the athletes because I, I know some professional athletes and ex-athletes. And it, it, Sunday, it, every day is not a walk in the park. You know, That's Brady right. being it, the, he, you know, he's the unicorn. He's a crazy <laughs> man. And I know he was your locker mate right next to him. We'll get into that down the line. But yes. he, he's the exception that he loves being there at 5.30, 6 o'clock, evaluating film and all those other things like that's the unicorn, right? Unicorn, excuse me, you know, mm -hmm. icing and going into the cold plunges to get yourself ready, especially nowadays, you might play Sunday and then got to come back Thursday. I mean, that's right. a lot of treatments from 7 a.m. to 7 at night just to get your body ready to hopefully compete against the best. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great perspective. Um, yes. Let's dive into your company, you're the co-founder, chief strategic officer at Dome Audio before I get into a bunch of other questions. Yes. So everyone listening, here's the, the world premiere. Yes, <laughs> now, let's go. Thank you, thank you for bringing it in. So Dome Audio is a disruptive headphone technology. We've been working on this now for seven years is when my partner first discovered this new form of an experience where it's going to change the behavior of how consumers consume music, sound, audio across the board. And what he developed was a design that uses four bone conduction speakers. So it creates a surreal surround sound where you not only hear your music, but you feel it as well. And a part of this evolution is as my partner designed this from scratch, 
he iterated on the prototypes and we started to take it out to the world and put it on consumers' heads to get feedback and, and allow them to experience something they never, unlike heard of, haven't even experienced before. And so when we press play to a song, a podcast, a video game experience, when we use some of the features through our beta app, like speaking to them, we then discovered that this headphone not only works on people who are normal hearing, but also deaf and hard of hearing. And there's a half a billion people in the world. And this draws very similar, Dave, to your perspective and to the reality of how there's only 256 athletes that get drafted in the NFL every year. There's a half a billion people who are overlooked by the headphone experience because of the technology that's most conventionally used today. So with my partner creating a unique and disruptive proprietary design, we're enabling a community that's been overlooked. And now there's a half a billion people who can now be a part of the headphone conversation and experience. And so the fulfillment, the alignment and partnership of both my partner and I, Dave, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. My partner is the original founder. Two years into developing and, and discovering the design and what he created, we knew each other about three to four years prior to that, and we were working on some other things. But as he was developing this in the background and he revealed it to me, I was at a stage in my NFL career in 2018 where I already started planting seeds in that entrepreneurial space. I knew what my transition was. And that's what made it a lot easier is because I knew going into it that one day when I'm done running routes on the field and catching touchdowns, that my next venture and my next chapter of my life was going to be an entrepreneurship. And so when he revealed the headphone technology to me and I went into the lab and experienced what it was, I said, Ben White, which is my partner's name, I want to join you on this mission to bring dome audio and this technology to the world. And so my role is a strategic thinker, is one that develops concepts based on my knowledge and wisdom of how people consume within society. And that's what I'm thankful for with cutting hair and really connecting with people to understand why they shop, why they consume, why they don't like brands, why they, you know, jump over the moon to go buy something that's that's scarce and that's of high premium quality. Why do they do that? And with that background, I'm able to implement that into what I do today. And that's what I'm able to drive with Dome, engaging with people, connecting the vision to the world, and really giving them a joy of an experience. And so my partner, he's equivalent to Einstein being in the lab. <laughs> and myself, I'm equivalent to the guy going out there and delivering the experience to the world. So it's a joy every day I wake up. And I can vouch for this because we obviously, you flew in town uh, a couple weeks back to hang out and meet a bunch of people and in potential investors. You know, yes. obviously you guys are at that point now looking for more investors who like to get in, want to get in this space yes. uh, for the launch. And are we still looking at somewhere between eight to 12 months to launch, yes, give sir. or take, yes. depending. Okay. Um, I can vouch for this. Uh, <clears throat> many people tried it 
it looks cool. If you think Teslas look cool, this is like Tesla on your head kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's really cool. We had people who had um, hearing loss. Yes. One gentleman, I don't want to say his name, but he had it. Um, and he was blown away by it. Blown away. Yes. So he's now interested. This is a problem. My mom has hearing problems. Um, mm. It's in the family. And it, 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 it's really frustrating to the point where some people don't go to certain restaurants, going to a gymnasium. Yes. Those kind of things uh, bother me. You also, we had people who don't necessarily have hearing loss and had their experience with these headphones. And they also were like, these are amazing. And there's yes. a couple of things when you see them that you're like, wow, that looks cool too. So it's really a, a huge market you're jumping into because you're helping those people that really have a problem with hearing as well as the other people out there. So it's kind of cool where you're going with this. That's right. Yes, Dave. And just to just to give a couple quick metrics on the space that we're in. So with this technology that is redefining the headphone experience, Dome Audio sits in between the conventional headphone space the bone conduction space, which is recently introduced. And by 2030, the global headphone market will be a $160 billion market. By 2030, the hearing aid and cochlear implant space will be about a $20 billion market. But this is where our headphone technology and bone conduction, the category of bone conduction, spreads beyond just the headphone space. Dome audio is the future of sound, and our technology will also be the basis of how people will get the best experience with VR headsets because it sits right on your jaw and your in your mastoid bone. And you not only hear the sound, the music, whatever you're visually taking in, but you feel it as well. And because your ears are open, you can stay aware of your surroundings which doesn't put you in a box when you're having this visual sensation as well as this audio sensation. So with that said, that market by 2030 is gonna be a $430 billion market. So combine Dome with its IP, with its ability to showcase itself with licensing deals and our Dome covers that you interchange as a consumer, and we call it headphone real estate, and the impact that we're making in the, both the medical and military space, we are calling all investors to a unicorn type opportunity right now. Ah, I, <laughs> so that's and, where we are. <laughs> and you know what, Tim, before I ask some more questions and some other things, why don't we do this to make sure people get your information? If yes, anyone yes. want, now, of course, you always can reach out to pygon1.com and I'll connect you with Tim. Not You always can do that, everybody. You know that. But if you want to give them your information at Dome Audio, where they can yes. go directly to you, too, either way, we'll get you into Tim. But why don't you share that with everybody, Tim? Let's not wait to the end today. Absolutely. So you can reach me directly. This is just for the Win 16 podcast. We're giving it to oh. you. Dave gave, Dave gave me the opportunity to share this right now. But directly, you can reach me at Tim dot right with a w at domeaudioinc.com tim.right at domeaudioinc.com if you're interested that's how you can reach me perfect
and you can Google Dome Audio to get all the information. Absolutely. Again, yep. you can come to Pygon1.com and I'll get you over to my friend too. Trust yes. me. He, yeah. He'll take my call. I'll find him. We'll get him. <laughs> we'll get him. But yeah, thanks for sharing all that. It's really cool. And yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be fun to watch this um, from the ground up. I mean, I have nothing to do with it, but <laughs> my friend uh, and partner here on many things. This is pretty cool. Let's dive into this. I I think people are gonna get really interested in this. I believe uh, we touched on it a little bit. But leadership has been a big part of your life, mm-hmm. not only exhibiting it, as you mentioned, your Pop Warner, your high school experience, your college experience, um, but also being under some really spectacular leaders. Why don't you just mm-hmm. touch on that, Tim? I think people would be fascinated by some of your leadership comments and stories. Absolutely, Dave. So I would say the pinnacle of leadership and the experiences that I had was with a world-class organization in the New England Patriots, call it for what it is. When you look at Robert Kraft, the, the owner of the Patriots, it wasn't until later in life after, of course, the Super Bowl run, and now I'm venturing in business where I, I then circled back and I said, let me study this guy. Let me study the guy who created this dynasty and won that's a platform that can continue on. And, and of course, we're seeing what we're seeing today with the Patriots, but the, the, the ingredients are always there, especially with him at the helm. And so with that said, I dove into Robert Kraft's organization. It's called the Kraft Group. And I didn't realize how many other things he was involved in, industries such as real estate, such as technology, the Patriots within itself is, yes, it's a, it's a focal point. It's a public-facing entity that's successful. But there's so many other avenues that the craft group is involved in. And so that then stemmed down to the excellence of what he instilled and, and, and brought Bill Belichick on board. And when you look at Bill Belichick's, the, what he was exposed to, his coaching tree, the, the lineage of coaches that he both coached with and coached and got coached by because coach Belichick also played. So his dad playing in the NFL, coach Belichick playing in, 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 in sport and, in, you know, college sports and, and football. And then the guys like Bill Parcells, these other legends that he coached alongside of, you then see the ingredients and the influence that came from there. And so that then trickled down to Tom Brady. And what they saw to draft him in the sixth round to say, no, this is the guy. And when he got that shot, when, when Drew Bledsoe went down and, and Tom Brady got that shot, it was no looking back. <laughs> and so I remember playing using Tom Brady and Madden in 2003 when I was 13 years old. And I would use this guy and drive up and down the field and just his vision, his his execution. And it was like, man, I got magic in my hand in, in the controller because this guy's automatic, right? And so 10 years later, I'm 23 years old and I walk in the, the, the locker room a day before the season started after being traded there. And Bill Belichick says, welcome to have you here. 
You got to learn 60 plays overnight. You got to be ready to start in the game in tomorrow. And you're probably going to get the first pass thrown to you. To then, I walk down the hallway. Robert Kraft sees me in the hall and he says, Timmy Wright, so glad to have you here. I, myself, Bill Belichick, Tom, we knew who you were. We, we came and got you. And then all of a sudden, they walk me in the locker room and my locker is right next to Tom Brady. And Tom goes, Tim, glad to have you here. I know exactly who you are. Let's go win it. And so them placing me right next to Tom Brady was literally witnessing greatness and in, in the closest to my age in, in terms of proximity at an eye level to see a guy perform at work every single day. And so his success, his leadership, his perseverance, his resilience, his drive, his passion, all of those things I was able to witness. Now, I brought my own to the table because the great thing and the great the great backbone to all successful companies and brands and operations is the system. And when you establish a system, you see guys walk into a building every single day and they know that they're bringing a piece to their puzzle. They're bringing their puzzle piece to that entire puzzle every single day. And without that, you won't get a complete puzzle and it won't work. And so what we, what was instilled by Bill Belichick and of course passed down from Robert Kraft and then, and then transcended with Tom Brady on the field leading us was this sense of, I'm bringing my piece to the operation and to the system. And that's why we all succeed. And so that leadership stemmed from the top down, Dave, is, is, is really what has been, you know, the pillar and, and the example that I live by every single day. And that's what I'm bringing to my company alongside my partner. And that's what I'm exuding into the world and, and the people that we touch. That's a great and for the leaders out there, basically what you said, whether you're a football team or whatever your business in, it starts at the top. And if any of the pieces are not in place going in the right direction, you will not be a Super Bowl champion. Um, maybe, maybe you get lucky here or there despite yourself, but consistency won't be there. And it's Tim, Tim, you know, it's funny you say that I, um, in June or July, I had Miles Boykin on a uh, friend of the family, friend of the show. Um, and Miles, I told you about Miles. He's going to be a great yeah. kid for you to meet. You'll be a great mentor for him, I believe. But he's a yes. star Notre Dame wide receiver, five years in the NFL and going. And mm. he's with the Steelers now. And he said the same thing. And he said, yep. organizations win. It's from top all the way down. Everyone has to be aligned. And he's been lucky because he's been with the Ravens and yep. Harbaugh and all of them. And now he's with Tomlin, yes. Omar, and then the high and all that. that. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. And Kraft, not yes. Kraft. Um, uh, is it Heinz? Is that who yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yep. That he said the exact same thing you did. That's right. The exact same thing about leadership, culture. It's just a great learning for all of us out there, developing your people and doing your part. And some days are really, really hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got to ask the question, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know you're, I know you're going to dodge this, but I'm asking it. 
because I'm asking it from my inner circle who want me to ask. Yes. And I think everybody else is. Okay. Belichick or Brady? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let me give context. Both. Ah, All right. Now, let, let okay, me give let's it, be honest. I don't think either of them are listening to Win the 16 podcast, even though that's one of your assignments. If you can get either of them to write a recommendation on them, I owe you another lunch and dinner in Chicago, all right? If you get either of them on, or not even on, just a recommendation for Win the 16, you're the man. Um, I argue Brady. My brother argues Belichick. I'm not saying either of us are right. I am saying, though, Brady won without Bill. Bill has not run without Tom. And I know that's a very simplistic, uh, probably ignorant comment, but go ahead. I'm going to tell you like this, Dave. Both of you, both Bud and yourself, are right. I'm going to tell you from the other side. You met Dr. Bud, so you know. Yeah, that's right. So you know Bud. Yes. Now, I'm going to say it this way. The reason why I say both is because when you take Tom Brady, who is as great as he is, you bring him down to an operation, a system with with players, bona fide players down there in Tampa Bay. He is taking 21 years of what he learned in, in the New England Patriots system and integrating that and leading a whole ship of a bona fide system of guys in Tampa Bay. And at some time, all you need is that one team member that can change the whole tide of what happens. And a guy like Brady, who is a goat within himself, that's what you get. You get another Super Bowl. Now, you take Bill Belichick. He built a system. You remove, hands down, your best player ever in the the sport you're going to have several seasons of redevelopment, reestablishment, and now you have to get other other areas of the team to perform at at a level that supplements what Tom Brady was to the entire organization. So is Bill Belichick capable of winning again? Absolutely. If you take a another top shelf bona fide quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, for example, you bring him to New England, you're going to have success. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, it takes it takes a longer time for a system that took a hit to come back and be like without skipping a beat. But if you take a guy that is great as Tom Brady and goes to another system that, yeah, we, we, we've been struggling for a long time, but we've just been missing that one piece, that player you get a Super Bowl. So that's why I say both. That's yeah, no, say- and it's fair because I do believe, uh, and I always teach everybody, your experiences and your learnings are everything, and you're just trying to crew all of them. And before you know it, you look a year, five years, 10 years, and you look at how much you've learned and all the experiences, and that really what you just boiled down and shared with me is Brady brought all of the Patriot process two and people follow him so they're following the new england patriot way so very smart well said and i know you i can't get anything any dirt out of you i've tried everybody so all the questions you want me to ask 
<laughs> who was a mother? You know what? Jerga, right. he's not giving it to you. What teams did they hate? He's not doing it. He's trying to sell Dome Audio. He's not making any enemies. Uh, so I tried. Trust me. All, all respect. Like, all yeah, respect. I've been on the phone with you, video calls, in person with you all day. I get, I get nothing. nothing. I will ask this, though. Yes. Um, other than Brady, mm. best player to that you played with or against, and it doesn't have to be definitively, but right up there, we're like, Dave, audience, it's it just special. I mean, on defense or offense. Yeah. I'm going to give you two guys. Rob Gronkowski. Oh, Gronk. And Darrell Revis. Revis. Okay. Sure. By the way, everybody, Gronkowski is the tight end who's all everything. will be in the Hall of Fame for the Patriots. Uh, Darrell Revis is a cornerback with the Jets. I think he went to one other place at the end there, but he was glue on the wide receivers, tight ends. He, you yes. couldn't get open on him. He's a Hall of Famer, too. Uh, yes. Interesting. Go ahead. Why? So, in short, Rob Gronkowski is what most looking in from the outside would say, of course he would do what he did because look at him. Guy's six seven, physical specimen, and he he manhandled pretty much every player on the field. But what made him successful outside of watching him on game day was the way that he prepared six days throughout the week. And it was how he approached the game with having the utmost fun. And because he prepared how he prepared, it freed him to go out there on game day and ball out like you can unimagine. You can't even imagine how this dude, the level of fun that this guy had out there on the field. And I played right alongside him. We were the dynamic duo. He would score two touchdowns. I'll score one or two. And we did that pretty much every game we played in. But he he has done that. He won, I believe, three Super Bowls, maybe four. No, I think it was four with the with the uh, Buccaneers, with Tom. But the amount of catches, the amount of touchdowns, the the dominance that he had, it, it was the preparation. And with Darrell Revis, so I played with him, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I grew up in Jersey, so I was always watching the Jets and, and the Giants. The Jets is my dad's favorite team, my uncle, a couple relatives. And you would just always hear about this guy locking everybody down. The best players will line up on anywhere on the field. He'll follow them. And like you said, white on rice. And when he came to when he came to the Buccaneers my rookie year, he was there before me. He came off of an ACL tear. And to witness this guy at the top of his game for so long and then tears ACL, which was I was very familiar with. I tore mine as well. And to come out that season and have as much of an impact on the field as he did off the field in the, in the realm of business. The guy just knew the business of sports and his performance both off the field and on the field matched itself. So I witnessed a guy go from Tampa and shine his year back from tearing his ACL to then going to the New England Patriots and I get traded there as well. And now I'm in the locker room once again with this guy. And then we go win a Super Bowl together. And so seeing this guy perform 
within an organization where when you see those type of dynamics of, of you know, athletes who, who know their worth, who, you know, go out there and demand that he gets compensated based on his performance, but still shows up and still performs within a construct of the New England Patriots, which is very rare. But the respect that I believe, you know, he has for the organization and vice versa, it was what it was. But to witness this guy in that space of both on and off the field was commendable. And to be able to share both locker rooms with him and um, a possible future together is is really, really incredible. Who, um, who's one of the guys the Patriots feared? when they played and not that they weren't going to get out of the bed and go kick some butt that day, but who are like strap it on guys. You better be go. I'll give you a, a, from an outsider looking in, I would think looking cross from Ray Lewis would be an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Ray Lewis is the star linebacker for the Ravens over the years. Like I would be thinking I better have my chin strap on double. Cause when he hits me, it's going to be getting hit like a Corolla. Oh, <laughs> nah, you, you nailed it. I mean, Ray Lewis played maybe a year to two years before I came in and his dominance was, was, man, I mean, you talk about holding, like being a heartbeat of a defense. He was oh, that, yeah. no question. Um, but a guy that during the era that I played, I, I don't know if there was one guy. Give me a couple that would. Yeah, on defense know, that were boys be ready yeah, man be ready you know in my world i'm gonna go defensive end i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with julius peppers von miller oh oh yes i'm a, i'm a, i'm a, i'm gonna go a richard sherman you know uh bobby wagner Oh, you know, like, like blue-collar blue guys that just show up to work. Um, you know, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, like this. I'm going to just roll off the Seahawks defense, man. Um, during that era, they yes. had it together. They were another dynasty. And look who the coach is, Pete Carroll. Right. Leadership again. Leadership again. Yeah. That's Russell great. Wilson. And at, and at time, boom, you see it. Yeah. So... <laughs> So with that said, I mean, though that's the team we played in the Super Bowl, man, and it came down to one play. And Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, those guys, that was the best play ever called. <laughs> the interception at the goal line. Yeah. The goal that line. coordinator, the offensive <laughs> coordinator, I mean, I know they defended. Carroll's a stand-up guy. I, I hear him. He's not going to throw his guy under the bus. Right. But, whoa, I mean, uh, unbelievable. That was a crazy. All right, one last football question then. Yeah. Um, I grew up watching Walter Payton, Lawrence Taylor. I, I, he's another guy. Laura, yeah, I couldn't imagine that guy yes. playing across him. Um, right. Who were a couple of the teams? I'm sure there's many, but who were the couple teams that when you were in your era playing there with the Patriots 2015 and so were these one or two teams, man, they they were buttoned up, you know, yes. whether it's Patriot level, 
Um, and I'm sure there's many of them. So I'm sure you have a couple. But who are just right off the bat, you don't have to think twice of that jump out at you. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts, because that's when Peyton was still there. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, he then went to the Broncos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, yes, when we played in the, in the um, conference championship, he was he was with the Broncos at that time, but still had, you know, Colts, Broncos. You had the Ravens. They were a contender. We played them as well in playoffs. Um, hmm. The Seahawks, of course. Uh, man, what other teams were dominant? There were just yeah, there were there were some, or just even organizations where well, maybe they yeah. didn't even win. You know, they weren't getting ten or twelve wins, but they were a little down. But the organizations you guys knew were doing it the right way. That's right. That's a great question, Dave. Man, Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh, and Tom Pittsburgh. would come up all the time. Pittsburgh, of course, of course, man. That that's that's so true. Pittsburgh is one. And you know when I when I look at that Dave like superficially, yep. You could you could say a lot of teams, but when you really look at the metrics and 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 all the granular elements that make a team truly a dynasty capable, it's hard for me because I'm I'm that analytical. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah you're like my brother. You guys don't want to answer questions until you have all the data in front of you. So, all right, you you did a great job. Um, Thank you, man. <laughs> we today had the pleasure of spending time with a friend of mine, Tim Wright, the co-founder and chief strategic officer of Dome Audio. Tim, give your information one last time again for everybody. Yes, so for everybody, our website is domeaudioinc.com. My direct email, if you would like to participate in this round or do business with us, partner, whatever that looks like, you can reach me at tim.wright at domeaudioinc.com. And you can follow us on Instagram as well as at dome underscore audio. That's all the ways you can reach us. That'd be absolutely in. Tim will let you see is a ridiculous ring. <laughs> Thank God you didn't. He hit me in the back of the head when you put your arm around me. That thing would have knocked me out. It's an amazing ring. They did a wonderful job. So, Tim, thanks, buddy. If anyone needs to reach Tim, please do it the way he just communicated as well. You can always go through Dr. Bud Pygon and I at pygon1.com. We'll get you there. If you need to talk to me and Pygon1 Consulting, please reach out. You got questions, comments. Just want to have a conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Tim Wright, thanks for being with us today, my friend. Thank Our you. listeners, thank you for being with us as always. We appreciate you. And as always, everybody, when you're 16, have a great one. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, and all major podcast formats. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go win the 16.